New PlayStation 5 controller. Our thoughts on this delayed episode. Hello and welcome to another episode of Triangle Squared, where you may be asking yourself, who turned off the lights? That's that's my fault. Um, so We'll get into the intro. <laughs> Let's get into the intro, then I'll get into it. <laughs> As always, up. we are a PlayStation podcast, and you can catch us on all sorts of things, but we have more interesting stuff to talk about right now, and that is... Hey, this is Saul Bridges with a game of Saul 158. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> who are you? Dude, I'm not uh, partially because of when we're doing it, oh, which dude, is I'm, after work. So I'm just so as everyone knows, uh, Saul had. Well, I'll let Saul tell you his own story, and then we'll say, of course, everything I, else. I was quarantined um, for one full week, um, and wait, is today Wednesday? Yes. Yeah. Then I, I was quarantined for one full week as I got tested for COVID nineteen. Um, I had an upper respiratory infection, and when I went to go see if they can uh, do anything about it, um, the second time. Uh, I was running a mild fever, like a 99.4 or something, really small fever. I was also sitting in my car for 45 minutes because um, the office was closed. They had to come into your car and, and do everything there. But um, yeah, so I had to quarantine myself for one full week while they tested for that. And uh, that ran into the weekend. So we couldn't record until today, which is Wednesday for us. Um, so this is why you're not seeing our beautiful faces. I am off work. I have sweated a lot today. And my hair is all nasty. I feel nasty. Um, so I t- asked Brett, you know, the episodes are delayed. Just screw it. We're not going to have a camera this episode either. Well, and I mean, I get it really. With everything going on, it's like, does it really matter at this point? In the effort of getting an episode out quicker and, and not going and pushing it any further, I think it's this is probably the best idea. Because I've had a crazy day too, and I don't feel like dealing yeah. with any of it. So, um we will be back for video next week, and we should be back to being on time next week. There should be no reason that this has any effect on it moving forward. But yeah. we appreciate you guys for uh, being understanding when we uh, told you guys that the episode would be delayed as a result of this. Uh, and really, you had a bunch of kind words about Saul, so that's fantastic. Yes, thank and you all for the kind words on Twitter and Discord uh, when I let everybody know. Um, and we had quite kind words on Facebook. You just don't have a Facebook. Yeah, I, I, so. yeah. So I thank everybody for all the kind words, uh, no matter where you said them. Uh, but I guess it's time to go hop into what I've been playing and what you've been playing. Uh, yeah, I have not seen you in so long. <laughs> that's that's this, the thing about quarantine. Yeah, this so quarantine. It, it was one of those weird things, like where you think, oh, it's going to be fun, and not having to go to work for a week. I was bored out of my mind by like the second or third day, um, just because a there's no game that I really feel like playing. Um, I played a little bit of Destiny 2 like one night and I, I kind of started that thing of like this is still kind of boring I don't really feel like playing this I'm just going to eat dinner and go to bed um, but then I woke up the next day and, and I, I, I will say I have every day at least twice a day maybe three times a day I played Animal Crossing so I'll get that out of the way now uh, I'm still very very um, embedded into that but um, Destiny 2 for like one or two nights. I played a little bit of Dark Souls Remaster, just really trying to get down speedrun techniques out of boredom, even though I really don't care to do that on that game. And then Doom 2016, I went back to, and I got to the same exact spot that I played it the first time, and I was like, ah, I'm still not digging this game. So I kind of just quit there. Um, this coming week, though, uh, I actually have decided I'm going to get Final Fantasy VII. Um on time we'll talk about why in the news <laughs> yeah because I, i'm sure that actually works out but um it actually makes a lot of sense for me when i was reluctant to get it on launch because i don't know when we're gonna get the second one but 
I'm so bored. There's nothing else to play right now. Boredom and, has changed your opinion. And it's not even my opinion. It's I'm still. All right, I, what else? You're, you're, it's changed your uh, my, your resolve to not get it because it's just like, what else am I going to do? Yeah, like at this point, it's just I might as well. And because I'm still excited for the game, I'm very cautious about it, but I'm excited. And you know, this weekend I have nothing going on on Saturday at all. So I want to hop in and I'm like, I could really put some time into this. Cause I originally I was going to play records all plays all day, Saturday or well all morning, Saturday can't do that now. So now I have nothing going on. I will be, I'll, I'll need something to do. Um, but what have you been playing? So much. <laughs> See, that's how I felt. I was like dark souls, dark souls, dark souls. I did play a little bit of dark souls three, but yeah, I played like five games this week and none for a long time. I've, bought games a lot too this week because there's been sales going on and i've just been bored so again i didn't know what to do either i've just been rolling through i have been getting the mostest as they say out of my ps now subscription um oh really uh, i downloaded uh because i was just at that point where i was like yeah i wonder what i want to do now that i've got um let's see it's all kind of jumbling together in my brain too because i got the terminator platinum i know i got that yeah then i know the county Donut County Platinum, I got that, and then I think I was going to do something. Anyway, I ended up picking up, because uh, you know, I think we've talked about it on the show before, uh, but probably been a long time as uh, our patron and friend Atlas uh, Unchained did not know that I liked the series. Uh, so, do you know the series Overlord? From the three sixteen yeah. PS3. I love the I love the first. Love both of them. Yeah, I was gonna say first two I liked two a lot less than the first one, but I still liked it a lot. Really? Yeah. I mean I like them both, but Wait, two added a lot. It never added mind, two mounting. added all the quality life changes. Never yes. mind. I, okay, after playing two is one that I did not like as much as two. Okay. Yeah, because I still loved them both. One was also originally built for PC, so coming to console was kind of weird. Yeah, I even though I love how they did it because to this day, I think one of the most interesting uh, mechanics for control, even though the game's kind of tanky, yeah. like you're really kind of hard to move. It's I like love t- the idea pigment. of it being, yeah, it's like, I love the idea of it being a third person behind your camera or behind your shoulder action game that you could play 100% that way. But then taking and tacking on the minion slash Pikmin idea uh, it's like RTS and throwing them in there. And my main thing I loved about it is not only was it like, well, you have the minions that you can just spawn and they'll do whatever. I like that you could hold down. I think it was the left trigger. It's been a long time since I've played them. And then with the right analog stick, you could actually control exactly where they went. Uh, and I love the idea of just like Pikmin, there's different colors to represent different mm-hmm. things they were doing. So I love that game. And you may not remember, but back in 2015, there was an overlook game that came out randomly and because it was was it's called overlord fellowship of evil but it's not a traditional overlord game in play style so it's a third person astrometric dungeon crawler essentially uh more akin to like gauntlet the recent the recent gauntlet remake Remake, or even something like darksiders uh genesis than it is something like diablo it's not very gear focused at all um, there is a little bit of gear, but you don't get it as drops. You have to buy it. Um, anyway, that game just kind of, and I didn't know what to do at launch about it. It's on PlayStation now. I picked it up. And the great thing I'd, I'm willing to say and put out there is that all of the charm and humor of the Overlord series is still there. All the goofiness. To me, it's one of the only series. You know, I always talk about one of the things I loved about Fable so much is it's just undeniable sense of charm that very few other games have. Yeah. Uh, and it's like a unique way of it. Overlord is one of the only games I've seen that has that kind of charm about it. It's just like wonky. They both happen to be British humor 
based. So I don't know if it's that it because I'm not British, something about it just strikes me as more interesting, and that maybe that's why I feel like I see it less often. Uh, but I love that, and the gameplay was not terrible. Uh, you know, it's one of those obviously low budget games. There's voice acting throughout most of the game, um, really throughout the whole game. But the character models that are voice acted don't actually move their lips. <laughs> so it's kind of like Dark Souls and Demon Souls. And it's stuff weird, like that. yeah. Like the character models and all that look decidedly like Last Gen Overlord. The environments weren't terrible, actually. Uh, yeah, they look pretty good. I'm looking at screenshots now. It actually doesn't look bad at all. No, it's not terrible. And actually, uh, I like that what it chose to do was, okay, we're going to be an Overlord game, but we're going to change game style. Well, we're still going to be an Overlord game. There's still minions. There's still all four colors. They still do very much the same idea. Your brown ones are like your bodyguards that would do a lot of attack. Your green ones are sneaky and will pop up behind enemies and kind of try and assassinate them. Your red ones will go out and blow themselves up to do you know, area of effect damage. And then the blue ones will stay behind and cure you, as well as as you level them up. One of the, They also still have skill trees so as you level each one of them up they start to do different things like the blue ones will start to slow enemies down on their way to coming to you so you have more time to react um but I love it because it's still the same idea. You hold one of the shoulder buttons, and the minions are mapped to the face buttons. So you have XO, triangle, square, and you send the ones out that you want to based off of holding that. And you can only hold so many at first. Yeah. And you start to expand that out as you get minion cubes. You can hold up to seven, I think, by the time you max it out of each color. Mm. Uh, and then you can send them out as you please. There, there is a max number you can have out. And one of the things I also love is if you just want to let random chaos ensue because you need them in a pinch, you can just hit square without holding the R1 and it'll just release all your minions that you can. Oh, that's cool. Uh, and This actually sounds pretty fun. It is fun. And actually, I really wish I would have had someone to play it with me because I really think it would have made the game better. It's not challenging at all. It's just one of those things. Uh, but it was fun. It's like a fun game to play yeah. a multiplayer. The, the minion puzzle solving aspects were still interesting. Uh, you could hold R1 to trigger to... Uh, it was only essentially pads. There was very few things they could do, but you could target minion pads that required... had gates that you had to send special minions through. Um and they would go around and there had to be like other things you had to do to safely get them to their thing, uh, to like their destination so that they could open up the next way for you to move forward. Um, I appreciated the game. And to me, I liked that they, that despite the fact that it got almost no post launch support, probably because the game didn't do very well. Uh, I liked that at least a lot of thought and ideas went into, we are making another Overlord game, but instead of just being Overlord and namesake only, we're going to make sure we have return of characters that everybody would know, like Gnarl, uh, mm-hmm. the, the headmaster of the minions. He comes back. Uh, the voice acting is actually pretty good for most of the characters. It's got just as crazy and ridiculous of a story as you'd always expect. Um, Was Overlord a 360 exclusive? No, it was PS3 360. Is, is the PS3 version on PS now? Yes, it is. That's actually not cool. That's not and I thought about playing it because I really like that I game. really like the first um, two. But the, yeah, know, uh, yeah, so it, it, that was really cool. Uh, one of the other things I played, I got the platinum in it, uh, which was work because the online infrastructure is so bad. I bet it is, uh, and I'm surprised it's not closed down. <laughs> That's actually yeah. Me and Atlas, speaking of him, Atlas Unchained, he also has PlayStation now, so he downloaded it because uh, he played it too and and liked it all right. But he re-downloaded it for me just so I could try and get these online trophies. We could not connect. It kept saying the server, the uh, whatever doesn't exist, like the session doesn't exist. So what I ended up looking after going online and looking up a ton, I'm so glad I have two PlayStation 4s. Uh, I went to the living room, downloaded the game on that PlayStation, got on the Hannah's account. Uh, and since we were on the same network, for some reason, it works flawlessly if you're That's on the same so network. That's so weird. And I was able to do all the trophies that way. I did two of them myself, and then I got one of them, or three of them myself. And then the last one I needed, which was to... Uh, 
uh, go through. I think it was, I had to be first place in a mission because there's a scoring system. Uh, I had Hannah just, I gave her the controls. Like, all you have to do is follow me. You don't have to do anything else. And I got the trophy. So thanks. Shout out to my wife for getting me the, helping me get the <laughs> trophy. Um, I also played Bridge Constructor, which I initially played just as a palate cleanser because I was like, I don't know what else I want to play. Gotta look this up now. It was surprisingly in depth and fun. Uh, Hannah kept making jokes saying, This looks like a game for like eight year olds because the first couple of levels are really simple. It's all about. Is physics. it the same thing as Portal? The uh, portal the, version? The, the, yes. It's essentially it's the same developer and everything, from what I understand. It's just not portal based. Yeah. Uh, but it's really fun. Uh, and I got surprised at, you know, how much replayability there was to it because you have to go through, you have to make. Uh, a bridge that can work for cars and then you gotta hope that that car will the bridge will also support trucks and then at the end of it <laughs> all actually looks pretty fun <laughs> you have to use you have to make really crazy bridges that will support the weight of tankers it's a gasoline tanker and one of the things i love about it even hannah noticed it after i said like so i said something and she noticed it after she saw it blow up like crazy the side of the tanker truck that's of course it's red but it says inflammable <laughs> wow. and then whenever something hits it it blows up it's just gratuitously funny um and of course, I also started Saints Row Four because it was also on PS Now. And having never played it, I was like, you know, it sounds interesting. It's got superhero powers. It Isn't takes that place the one that just got simulation for no, HD? No, that's uh, Saints Row the Third. Oh, okay. So this one was always natively a PS4 game. I mean, technically it's a remaster, but it was almost like a cross-gen remaster because they same they came out so close to each other. Uh, Troy Baker is the voice actor of the main character. Really? Yeah. <laughs> surprisingly the game dude the game is so fun i was making is it really <laughs> yes it's incredibly fun it's been it's been since saints row 2 that i played i really enjoyed saints row 2 see i didn't play since saints row 2 either but i kind of lost excitement over those third person open world shooter games it just so i didn't want to play it them anymore too wacky for me it is but in the best way possible is it's it? loaded chock full of movie and game references and just general pop culture references and this is saints row the fours it's a saints row four yeah uh, Saints Row 4 reelected is what it's called because you're the president of the United States through some ridiculous stuff. Oh my goodness. And this is just setting up the game. Aliens come down <laughs> and uh, capture Earth and they put you inside of a simulation. You have to, uh, you're working towards breaking out of the simulation. Reloaded and, and get out of hell? Get out of hell is in the expansion. It's a standalone expansion okay, for the game. Because you get both these for 30 bucks right now on the thing. Oh, get out of hell was free for PS Plus if you thought to download it. I did not. Um, or whatever, redeem it. But anyway, uh, PlayStation Now, it's on there, and I've been really enjoying it. Uh, biggest thing for me is I actually, and I know this is going to be blasphemy to so many people, I am massively, massively surprised that to me personally, the third person shooting in this very budgeted game in comparison to Rockstar feels so much better than the third person shooting in both Red Dead Redemption 2 and Grand Theft Auto 5. That's actually a pretty good compliment. I'm not playing this this week in itself off 87. I'm telling you, it's wacky, but it's got all it's got a lot of the things I like about Infamous. You know, you can start to level your powers up and skills up. Is that the main character of that game? The guy with the mohawk? That's Gat out of hell. Oh, okay. Yeah, so and he is Johnny Gat. He's a character from the series before. Of course he is. Um I did not know this game was on Switch. Oh, apparently it has really good reviews on Switch. Really? Well, what I uh, what I deemed the game is the near automata of open world sandbox games. What? Which I know sounds like a weird thing because I'm not saying that the game has the same story quality at all. Right. <laughs> but what I am saying is that this game constantly genre hops and it surprises Ooh, me. Don't say anything then because I want to be surprised. Like that actually, this might be something I download this weekend and play in Cell Fantasy 7. Yeah, Just, now a lot of that is through mini games and side quests. 
but it's a it's surprising how how many it does and how adequately it does each one of them. Can you imagine like somebody who doesn't know the context of me and Final Fantasy VII remake and hearing? I think I'll download Final Fantasy Throw the Four or reelected <laughs> other than Final Fantasy VII. Someone's just like, what is this man's problem? Uh, but anyway, so that's uh, where I'm at right now. Now I bought. Uh, Ghost Recon Breakpoint because I played the beta and it was all right and it went on sale for fifteen dollars. So I'm gonna play that. You with, can play with Bobby. <laughs> I'm playing. I'm gonna play with Blake uh, and Chris, who are both my co-hosts over on our new movie podcast, Midweek Matinee, which I urge you to go check out. Uh, we recently, for patrons, just put up the episode for Mary Poppins. <laughs> and uh, of course, our most recent episode for everyone uh, covers. Let's see, the Belco Experiment. Uh, so. Go check that out if that interests you at all. We go ahead, we watch movies as a group and then uh, talk about them at length from themes that we liked, uh, things that we did like about the movie, things we didn't like. It's it's a fun time. I really enjoy doing it. Um, but I bought that and I bought Fallout 76. Uh, and I know that may be a little bit of hypocrisy. The game has changed a lot, but the main reason I bought it is it was used on sale at GameStop for $10. And I had that $5 credit that they deemed fit to give people instead of their extra trade bonuses. So you deemed fit enough to buy the game. So I was like, I'll buy, since I can use $5 towards it, I will absolutely buy Fallout for, uh, Fallout 76 for $5.05. Yeah, that's not bad. I haven't tried it yet, but we're going to see how that goes. Uh who knows? I, I may hate it, <laughs> but we'll see. So, yeah, big week. But I also have something else that I think is uh, – I, I meant to tell you before we started, and I had I got one-tracked mine. Uh, so anybody who has uh, maybe talked with Saul in the Discord or on Twitter may know that Saul very seldom goes out to eat at restaurants. Saul and eat, his I, wife I, I, I are way more likely doing take yeah, yeah doing take home. So of course, with all this COVID stuff going on, my way to support businesses and, and places that I like is to eat them to go. Yeah, how do you do it? Because it is the absolute worst way to eat some of the best food I've ever. It had. depends, like where, like what are you talking about? Because Chili's is like a bad example. Okay, right now. so Chili's is actually the best takeout I've had. Well, Chili's, Chili, the way they're wild. doing it is like annoying. Oh, you talking about right now? Yeah, like there's tables out there you have to pull up mm-hmm. and then they put your food on the table and you have to get out and get it. That's I, kind of annoying, but what, what would you I didn't example? mind that at all. So actually, partially because of the food I got, I got the Cajun chicken pasta, shout out. And of course, I love... Honey Chipotle chicken crispers. Also good. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I really love their uh, their chips and we salsa. We cannot talk about this right now. I'm too my favorite hungry. chips is salsa. But anyway, my point being, uh, they were the best. They were the most consistent. I had Texas Roadhouse to go, uh, and I was incredibly disappointed. Incredibly. That's weird. I've never had a bad experience at Texas Roadhouse. Uh, I was, dude, I, I could not believe it. I was like, I don't see how but anybody needs this to go. But more I, importantly, I said I've never had a bad experience at Texas Roadhouse to go. I've had plenty of bad experiences <laughs> with Texas Roadhouse. Yeah. Uh, Ironwood, which is a local place for us, I love them. It was okay, but French fries to go were just it's bad the idea always. It always just sweats. And well, causes it's the, the heat. To be yeah, soggy. it's because it's enclosed heat. Yeah, nothing you can do about it. Uh, second best I've had so far has been uh, Amigo Ones, which still was oh. a little uh, unfortunate because I got a chimichanga, and you know I love them. Yeah. But I love them when they're crispy. Again, the same problems happen. Soggy. It makes it soggy, but it yeah. was still good. Besides that, so anyway, okay. I just wanted you to know to community sake that I'm is hungry. the worst. Worst way to eat some of the best food I've ever had, dude. Really, the only place we really do it is Chili's, and like it's always good at Chili's. Well, shout out to Chili's to go because I was really, really yeah, it's impressed. Always good at Chili's. I've never had. I mean, don't forget things, but like the food's good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah the service. They forgot. They forgot our skillet queso when we went like like on Thursday night, and I was just so I was so pissed off. Or when my wife went and picked it up, I was so pissed off, dude. Because you're she got, quarantined, she got you have nothing else like, you can do. I was like looking at it. I'm like. 
there's only two containers for sauce. I said, uh, where's the skillet queso? Because we got two salsas. And I was like, uh, I was so mad. Because their sauce is pretty good. It's too liquidy, though. Oh, I love it. it. A little bit yeah, more I, I do wish it was a little thicker, but it's so good. Uh, anyway, so time to move on to the community's take. And i got to say, I am severely disappointed in all of you. Yes. <laughs> Y'all won't read them all back, but you don't answer community's take. Should we take community's take out of the episodes? Is that what is it's going to take want? for you guys? Uh, but what we did in a slight twist on it was the community's take question, since we decided to do an impromptu reader mail, uh, was to have you guys answer at least one question that we answered on last week's episode. Didn't matter which one it was. Um, and that was going to be our fun way to learn a little bit more about you guys while also getting a little bit more of the reader mail fun in the in the mix. Uh, so for those of you who did respond, thank you. Uh, yes, thank you. So over on Discord, we have Bobo May, who was one of our uh, question askers, Mr. Josh Shoop. He said, Game Crush is easy for him. Yuna from Final Fantasy X. And that was his question. We actually so, got a lot of good uh, Game Crushes. Uh, we did. On Discord, Blake also said uh, Arthur Morgan. <laughs> and then Josh said Jill Valentine uh, for the Resident Evil series. And then SJD Swanland said uh, Cosmos. Do you know who Cosmos is? That sounds familiar. She is from the Xeno... Oh, Xenoblade or Xenogears. Uh, Xeno, Xenogears. Uh, Xenosaga. I always, I, I always, oh, I always mix up Xenosaga and Xenogears. Well, they're all part of the same Yeah, but I'm talking about the actual. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, really, really good. We just uh, knocked out all the Discord. <laughs> all the Discord ones. Uh, over on Twitter, Mr. No Fate, who's one of our patrons and good friends, Sean, he answered a bunch of the questions, but... Thankfully, through detective skills, yes. we determined which questions he was answering, <laughs> and he answered a bunch of them. So we're going to rapid fire his out real quick to give him a shout out for uh, for getting out to us. And those questions are: Brett's going to ask, I'm going to answer. My answers are his. Yeah. So he answered, "What's your favorite game of all time?" The Last of Us. What's a game you thought you'd like but actually hated? Bloodborne. What's a really popular game everyone seems to love but you don't like? Final Fantasy. What's a game you didn't expect to enjoy but ended up liking? Rhyme. What's game, what game have you spent the most amount of hours on? Uh, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2. If you had to marry the last video game character that you played, who would, you, who would it be? Claire Redfield. Redfield. If you had to live in the world of the last game you played, what would it be? And if you haven't figured the answer out, it's Re- Resident uh, Evil. Really Revela- Revelations 2. <laughs> have you ever had a crush on a video game character? Jill Valentine. What was very Resident Evil themed, by the way. Yes. <laughs> what was the first game you ever remember playing? Pong. And lastly, but certainly not leastly, have you ever pretended to be sick to get us to get out of something so you could play a game? He says nope with the eyes emoji, so it made me think he's lying. My answer as well. <laughs> I think you're lying, no fate. I looked at the camera; it's not even on. What am I doing? <laughs> you, you missed the camera. You just I guess didn't so. Even it's, realize it's, that, it. it's that. I just kicked the table. It's the. It's the. My tummy hurts. It's the uh, instinct. Okay, and a couple of them over on Facebook for you lovely people that did so. We have Mr. Josh Drago, who said, Best anime moment for me is Goku and Vegeta fight when they shoot their signature moves at the same time as each other. Then Goku shouts out Kamehameha times four. I don't know why I didn't think about it, and I still stick by my original answer because I love that moment. It's really great, the the greed fight. It's so cool. It's one of the first times I remember being really wild because I was like, that's such an intricate detail. And so, you know, when you're young and you're seeing that, it's like they thought that much ahead to this little story point that they like. The, you had to know the exact alchemical makeup so that you knew the exact way to break it down. Um, but another really great moment in anime, just 
giving Dragon Ball Z its actual due. Dragon Ball Z is not anime. Uh, <laughs> uh, but the Boo Saga, for as crazy as it is, the one really cool thing from the Boo Gogeta. Saga. Uh, well, no, actually, the Majin Vegeta. The whole thing I about do, Majin I liked, Vegeta. I liked Majin and, Vegeta. Uh, dude, the Majin Vegeta thing was so good. Even even though it took Goku like three episodes to turn Super Saiyan three, that whole arc was just so cool and so it well was. done. Yeah. And I love that because it, it did exactly what everybody kind of always expected from Vegeta. It's like he was the bad guy turned good, but we finally got to see him do something. That was like we see turned the, bad again. We see way. the negative sides of him coming to fruition here, but at the same time we see him kind of sacrificing. I I don't want to say too much because if you haven't seen Dragon Ball Z, then what are you doing? Yeah, go watch it. But also, it is a very great anime moment. Uh, and then Mr. Michael Potter Snyder did not give us one, but he said he hadn't listened to the episode yet, and if I included the prompt here, he'd try and join. He did not get around to it, but that's okay. We still love you. Uh, and at the same time, we want to scold all of you who did not give answers. <laughs> we Listen, it's, it's not that it's a big deal. We'll but, take this away too. But I do agree with Saul that it's part of the reason why it's hard for us to gauge interest in things like reader mail and why it's easier for us to kind of be like, well, maybe we should take them away because when we don't see a lot of and, – and, and I get that some people don't – they listen to every episode and they don't interact. And yeah, that's fine. fine. Yeah. We're not saying – like we're not forcing anybody to interact. But it's part of the reason that we really need for people who maybe sometimes will be on the uh, cusp of interacting and being like, oh, I'm not going to worry about it. If you like those things with the interaction, interact with them because it's going to yeah. help us want to keep them around. We, we right now, like we're lately, we've gotten pretty much every community's take, even if we have to go through it kind of fast. If there's a lot, but we would, you know, unless there's like 150, we could always answer them. Yeah, sure. be fast, just because of limited time. We love hearing from you guys. That's essentially yes. what it is, and I really like these because it lets us not only know personal things about you sometimes, like this stuff. Uh, are you know more varied aspects of you than just 100% gaming and maybe PlayStation but it also lets us kind of dig into the mindset of other people and get new perspective on things based off of what you say and that's great that's the whole point of this show to an extent right we hope that we're opening your mind to new perspectives and we equally like it when you open our minds uh, to new perspectives as well so to get into the news as it needs to be done. Uh, we kept it slim this week. There's a lot of stuff going on, uh, but I had to throw this together pretty quickly as yes. I finally realized. I didn't know how long this was going to last, so I didn't want to just have news in the bank that was going to be really irrelevant. Yeah, we, uh, we did not know when my results were going to come in. Yeah, so to give a reason for why Saul is saying he might buy Final Fantasy VII now, with lockdowns, shipping restrictions, and manufacturing delays, Sony have decided to delay the release of both The Last of Us Part two and iron man vr indefinitely this includes digital versions of the game as they have been removed from the ps store until there is a plan of action on how they choose to release it so don't really care about iron man but yeah last of us was the next game i was looking forward to playing mm -hmm. and it was not that far what's, away what's weird is indefinitely like we get final fantasy 7 but we don't get last of us but we, we still don't know like a window at least i think most i think most of the reason for final fantasy 7 is that it had already been sent off to production before this all got so, this game had to have by now right no it wouldn't be what was the release date uh, may 20th late may so it would be going into production late this month if it, if I it thought production have. was had to be longer, quicker. No, I they guess, have to have gold, and they don't give you. They don't get the gold disc until somewhere around a, a month out from launch. Oh, I figured it was when they're done. Oh, I mean that most most people when they set a release date, their gold date that they have to have is roughly a month in advance. Oh, okay, and that's almost why as a deadline. But you can, they get it done prior to that. 
They try to. Or yeah. But really what some people do is they like to get as much time as they can. Optimize as much as possible until you just absolutely you, can't anymore. Do you think the game was actually ready for launch? I do, actually. I really do. I, I don't know if I do based off the one thing they've been promoting recently. And people were saying it's old footage. And that kind of doesn't help the argument. But there's a thing on Twitter of like Ellie climbing things. And then there's a part where she like jumps up on the top and it's snow. But then instead of just leaving like normal handprints or whatever, like most games do nowadays, it impacted the entirety of the top where she wasn't touching. And then when she got up, her, her she did a really weird animation. And people are like, people are saying, well, this game looks rough. And they say, well, this is early footage. Well, yeah. why are you showing early footage then? Well, but who this showed is like, it? This is like the, well, the well, Night Dog, the official Night Dog thing. And that's fair because that's what I wanted to be sure. I hadn't seen that. Yeah, I'll but show it to you if you haven't seen it. A, a prime example for anybody who's curious about stuff like this is uh, God of War. Uh, so anybody who's unaware about this situation, God of War was a mess until about a month before it went gold. And they were really worried that they were going to have to delay the game again. And that's also why, if you remember, we did not get a release date for God of War until about a month before it came. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm going to show you this right here. But like, watch when her hands, and I'm sorry for you people. Oh, this, this is old footage. Yeah, but like, watch her on her hands impact. You see just all that snow just kind of spread out. And then watch her watch her. Leg, I don't really think you, I don't think that that really looks rough, but I mean it doesn't look rough, but it doesn't look. I great. think that now, people have crazy now, expectations look, of Naughty Dog. So. Look at look at this though, the way her legs kind of rotate around in a very like weird way. Yeah, yeah fair. But uh, yeah, it's it's that was in that comments on that Twitter post. If you see like people will say, "Well, this kind of looks rough for what we expect from Naughty Dog," and then mm-hmm. they go back and they're like, "Well, this is old." It's like. Why are you showing this old footage like a month? That was a month and a half out before launch or whatever. Sure. Yeah. And I think that that's a fair point. Now, that That is very old footage. Actually, it's like uh, uh, September. September of last year. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, so, yeah, definitely fair that it would be. It's, in a, it's one of those weird like, conspiracy theories everybody has to do nowadays. For me, I don't know. Like, I, I, wanna, I want them to have been ready. I think that they would have. I, I know this sounds weird. It's, it's not Neil Druckmann's statement that the game is almost done. It's that there have been multiple people within the studio who are saying, like, the game is basically done. It's out of yeah, our hands. So, like, you know, it's people who, it's the same people who leaked stuff pretty reliably to uh kotaku so you know as much as some people don't like kotaku jason, jason schreier is really i think he confirmed it was done yeah which, yeah and, and he, did. Take, he said he had multiple people um, um I, I, or at I, least two sources come and say that the game and i like complete. jason schreier um you know i, I think that I, 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 it's very rare that he's proven wrong no, I, I, I think everybody I, learned their lesson with Fallout 76 on that. Regardless of what I feel about him as a personal person. Uh, which well, I mean, I like him both as a person iffy, and then a journalistic person. But well. yeah, his journalism is fairly spot on. He's very rarely wrong. Yeah. I mean, he, he's, he's very rarely given well, to be bad fair, I don't really know him as a person either. Like, it's just kind of like what you what he conveys through his journalism is kind of like, okay, I could see that. Like, yeah. and I could kind of Twitter interactions are a lot of the personal. It's the only way I can get that's, that. That's what I'm pretty Dude, much mean. he is the most block happy person. If you do not agree with him at all, he blocked. I haven't seen that. Oh my god! It's I just incredible. like how he stands out or stands up to things. And Dude, I'm just I like, realistically, it's rare to see somebody who stands oh, up for things they believe in. And I don't mind that, but to the point where you just—I'm telling you, dude. People like somebody was like, "Why did I get banned?" All I said was, "I just didn't agree." And it's like, dude, there have been multiple that, tirades so that's, that's, of where he has a hot take and it causes a lot of stuff on his thing. And the moment that somebody says something that he's like, "Well, I don't agree with that." block it's amazing and then people start being like uh they'll tweet him and be like jason please block me and then they'll be like i did it boys that's like uh the director for platinum he calls all english speaking uh, speaking people insects 
and it's a joke. <laughs> it's it, it, it's 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 uh, Hideki is his name. Yeah, and it's a joke. And then if you go if you on Twitter, if you at him and speak English, he blocks you. So it's like a, it's like a badge of honor. And like there are people like his Twitter banner is like people saying, "Oh, he blocked me. He blocked me. He blocked me." And then it's like, "When will you little English insects learn that I?" It's like if you speak English to me, I will block you. It's all just fun. Yeah, no, that's He's, fine. Yeah. Jason's thing is that he'll constantly after going on these things, he'll be like all these trolls and the, and he constantly like alt right trolls and he blame thing is <laughs> not everybody that he's blocking can be an alt right troll. I forgot you know some, what I mean? Somebody for Hideki uh, he like he, he he tweeted something congratulating Platinum, not Hideki in general, but just Platinum on something. And then Hideki retweeted. He's like, oh my god, guys, he retweeted me. And then Hideki blocked him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's fun. All right, so. Next thing up, as Saul had kind of teased, is that Saints Row fans are in for a treat while they wait for the official word on Saints Row 4. Saints Row the Third, which was recently, re- uh, I think last year, late last year, was re- uh, released for the Switch. It's getting a remastered version for PS4 and Xbox One. Um, that It's getting more than just a simple resolution bump. Weapons are going to be remodeled. Cars in the game are being redesigned, along with other visual flares to bring the game's visual quality up to something a little bit more in line with today's expectations. The game's DLC is also included, as is expected with most remasters these days. And the title is coming sooner than you'd expect, launching on May 22nd. So, good on them. That's a THQ Nordic game. Technically, it's... uh, I can't remember their sub company, but... It's THQ Nordic, regardless of whether that's what's on the case. It's all the same company. Uh, Next up, PS Now's April games are finally known. And helming it all, excuse me, is Insomniac's bestseller Spider-Man. Following it up are Just Cause 4. And lastly, for golfing fans, the Golf Club 2019. Now, disappointingly, there's no extra games like they did uh, last year, where they just dumped a or last year last month where they just dumped a couple of extra games in there that were really good like uh, uh tweak it in and tweak it in two i'm a little disappointed in that uh i applaud them for putting spider-man on it's probably made all the money that spider-man can make because that game has sold so much good lord saul we're recording a podcast i'm trying to, I'm trying to correct something <laughs> but anyway um yeah, those are the PS Now games. And I got to say, even though th- these are both fine games, uh, I have no interest in the golf game. Uh, while I don't think that this is a fantastic update for the month, I really have been enjoying PlayStation Now. And I think I'm about to start digging a little bit more into the, just so I don't have to worry about finding the games for PlayStation 3, I think I'm going to do more of the streaming and see how well it works. I really think I might replay Overlord soon, just because I'm curious. playing I- the one version made me be like, I just really would kill for a new, and this is what I really want. I want Overlord 1 and 2 to be remastered for PlayStation 4. Oh, yeah. Never going to 4K60. Sure, but it's never going to happen. So. Um, with the Sony uh, slowing down download speeds, are, are like uh, streaming upload speeds still good for PS Now? Or are they doing that too? Do you know? I don't know. That's a good question. They haven't said anything specifically, but they said across the PlayStation Network, so I guess it would have to technically affect yeah. that. But uh, interesting. Who knows? Uh, next up, of course, the PS Plus titles are also already out in the wild, with players able to download Uncharted Four and Dirt Rally for the month. Uh, which is confirmed after being leaked fairly early. These this were, is the second time Uncharted Four has been in here, right? No, I don't know why, but I feel Uncharted like I, the 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 trilogy collection. Was I, I got, I got that. Back. Yeah, I'm gonna get four too. Just so when I do feel like replaying it all, I'll have them all for free. Now the Lost Legacy was added to PS Now a couple months back. No, see, I thought I remember specifically Uncharted Four. Maybe it's the people have been wanting it for a while and they finally maybe, got it. Maybe I think that this is relatively a smart move. I think what we're seeing is exactly what we talked about moving into the PlayStation Five with it having backwards compatibility, as far as we know. 
that it should work with all these games, it makes sense to go ahead and start using PS Plus to get people to start dumping their library full of all of the PS4's big exclusives. Yeah. There's no reason not to do that. They're good games to put on, even if a lot of people have played them. You know, the thing about Uncharted 4 is kind of weird. People go, well, everybody who would want Uncharted 4 would have bought it, right? No, Uncharted 4 sold about 16 million units, and there's over 100 million PS4 sold. So, of course, there's some double buys on there. I'm one of those people, uh, technically triple buys and stuff. Oh, my goodness. But my point being is that even if we call that number down and say that, individual people who have PlayStation 4s who they bought brand new, and that's not even counting all the people that have them secondhand. Right. Um, you're dealing with probably 80 million gamers at least. And that means that across 80 million people, only 16 million people got it. The vast majority of PlayStation 4 users do not have Uncharted 4. Now, confirm something for me. Spider-Man be- would be a little bit more different because Spider-Man, I yeah. think people would be more happy with, but technically more people have Spider-Man than they do Uncharted. <laughs> that's true. Um, correct me if I'm wrong. But I've heard this. I'm going to be very vague about it in case nobody's played Uncharted 4. Uncharted 4 lacks what the first three Uncharted games has mm-hmm. in them, right? Oh, man, that makes Technically. Me, that makes me angry. Uncharted 3 is a little weird because the way Uncharted 3 deploys what you're talking about yeah. is technically smoke and mirrors. It's so kind of like one, basically, then. Because one's that way. Kind of. We'll, we'll talk about one. it after we get done, if yeah. I can remember. Uh, it's, no, not, it's, it's not that it's bad. It's I two like that I'm threes. thinking of, right? With the with the uh, K. Well, we'll talk about. We'll talk after. about it later. Yeah. Uh, okay. Next up on the news, Skater XL, the new skate inspired uh, game, bringing a few new ideas to the current generation, has been given a release window, and it's not. Uh, it's in the not too distant future. Players can expect to grab the game starting July. Not an exact date, but that's pretty close. What does that even mean? It appears to be a digital only release this time, which I think makes sense. To be honest. Skateboarding games have proved to be a lot like Rock Band. Just because they were huge last generation niche, yeah. does not mean that releasing them this generation is going to net you great profits. Now, the, dude, the fact that we got Rock Band this generation still blows my mind. See, because here's what you do. there's so many peripherals involved with it. And, of course, the fact that they let you reuse the PlayStation 4 or 3 ones is great. And the, and, but it still leads to the point of for people who want to get the game brand new, you still have to create a bunch of peripherals. That may just end up sitting. There's such a huge cost investment in it. Oh yeah, it's crazy. that's why the resale value on the things are ridiculous. Like it's still to this day, you cannot go buy a the Gibson Explorer wireless Xbox 360 controller, or it's wired actually. Yeah, for less than a hundred dollars. It's anywhere. ridiculous. Yes. Uh, now the more interesting thing about that is that they chose to do that after THQ. I don't know if you know this. The original reason that THQ went under is because they. it was called UDraw. They overly invested in this tablet thing that was supposed to sync up and let you play games with this tablet that you could draw on and stuff. It was called UDraw. They made so many of them. There are warehouses full of them. This sounds like a 3DS ripoff or a DS ripoff, I guess. No one bought it. Man, I got to see what this thing looks like. Uh, So that was one of the heavy reasons that THQ went under is they put way too much of their, uh, way too much money into those and they didn't have enough way to kind of make up for that on the back end after a string of other weird things going on. This even looks like a ripoff of, uh, oh, and it's actually a Wii accessory. Oh, it was a. I think it was an accessory for all consoles. Okay. Well, no, the one, okay, yeah, I see this now. It looks a lot like a Wii U tablet. It, uh, well, I mean, even for like the Wii, like the the way the the yes, it does like the white one with the white blue and the controller inside. Yes, yeah. yeah. Wow, this is a terrible idea. Back so then. that was their big investment, and it didn't pan out. So, from what we learned from this, is that peripheral based gaming is not a great thing to sink too much money in. And I, I'm surprised that Activision did it. Of course, Activision has the money. <laughs> so just throwing that out there. Um, 
Skateboarding games, though, it makes sense that you would want to minimize cost because if you're just paying to put them digital out there, you have no cost of goods to manufacture and put them out on the shelf, which could end up being there forever. Did I ever tell you about the time I went to Texas side Walmart? And I, this is like two, three years ago. No, it was five years ago. It was right before I moved in here. There was a copy of FIFA 2006 for the GameCube. I was there with you. Okay. Yeah, we were buying Pokemon. Uh, uh, yeah, Pokemon right. cards. That's yeah. right. Yeah, it we blew were, my mind because I was like, "Why is there a GameCube?" It was game? on an end cap with clearance games that had PS like three games, and I think there was even PS four games, wasn't there? Yeah. On that clearance end yes. cap, Thief was on there, I think. Yes. And here we are, lo and behold. I think it was me, you, and John. No, it was me, you, and Andrew. Yeah, FIFA two thousand six for the GameCube. Wild it's times we nuts. live in. I gotta ask Andrew tomorrow at work if he remembers that. <laughs> so, I'm pretty sure it's him. It might have been Jonathan. Yeah, I can see that. But either way. Uh, they didn't give a price for this, but I'm really hoping it's a budget-friendly game. Uh, also, since I don't think it's going to be for GameCube was twenty dollars. I remember that. <laughs> yeah, it was really expensive, which is crazy because you think at that point they'd just be like, "Please take this game, we'll buy it for a dollar, please." Yeah. But uh, oh buy well, that for a dollar. <laughs> that must have been like a manager that was like, "No, <laughs> it's a relic of a better time. We will get twenty dollars." Oh man, they probably did at the end too. I wouldn't be surprised. Some like, dude who's, who really loves soccer but hasn't bought a console since the GameCube walked in. Walked by, was looking at movies, and was like, oh, a GameCube game? <laughs> FIFA? I don't know why that remember My that, lucky day. That reminds me of a time, Justin, when he worked at GameStop as a, a store manager, we did, he did midnight releases. I can't think of what game it was for, but um, it was when I lived at the Lynx, and he pinned out a lot of Diablo 3 uh, collector's edition guidebooks. The strategy guides. Yeah, yeah. the strategy guides. I've and gotten a lot of collector's edition strategy guides from pinning out. Yes, and uh, it was funny. He did uh, He did like five or six, and originally he forgot about them. So like he was just handing them out to people in line. And I, and I want to say this was for uh, a Call of Duty game maybe. I don't remember. But um, he handed it to me. And then the next guy behind me, I'm not going to reveal who it is, but it was <laughs> somebody we know, somebody that worked for Justin, I give you that much. Somebody somebody that, that is near and dear to us, and he probably listens to the show, he'll probably hear it. But he was like, oh man, sweet, I was going to buy this next week. <laughs> Justin took it from him, I <laughs> give it to somebody else. <laughs> and then he went, I don't know if you could do this, but I think he went and unpinned it out. I don't think you could do that in their system. No, you Kiki, can't. let us know if you can. You can't. And also, Kiki, have you ever worked at GameStop? I thought he has. I didn't think so. I think he just has a good relationship with GameStop people, but I don't know. Oh, maybe so. Kiki, ask Vince and let us know, because I know Vince has. (laughs) Anyway, I'm pretty sure you can't. It, definitely not on the old systems when they were still running like Windows ninety five. That's not their. They still not what they're doing. That's not what they're doing now. Thankfully, uh, their Windows POS. Their <laughs> POS is a lot better now. Windows Vista. <laughs> we used to laugh that it was called the POS because we hated it so much and it was a oh, piece yeah. of. We, we we had that joke at uh, CVS. Yeah, fun times. Uh, okay, last up on here before we get into the bulk thing, the most exciting thing of this episode is uh, described as Dark Souls meets Warframe. Mortal Shell was recently announced, aiming for a Q three release this year. The game sees players take on an empty vessel that can reanimate lost warriors to take on their unique abilities and weapon skills. Check out the trailer if you're interested in it. I really advise you to. I'm going to say, as much as I liked Lords of the Fallen and I've liked other Souls-like games, this is the first time I've seen one and thought, not only is this really unique, yeah, but it, it looks, looks really good. polished to the level that I would expect from a type of game like this. The trailer threw me off, though, because I don't watch a trailer a couple times. There's something unnatural in that trailer, and I can't put my finger on it, to me. Where, like, I'm watching the trailer... Do you think it's the edit at all? It might be the edit. It might be some of those... Like I said in Discord, it might be those weird diagonal camera angles they do. 
And I'm just like, there's something in this trailer that I don't like, but I like the game. The trailer just is bad. I yeah. cannot put my finger on it. I think the trailer looks good, but I I mean, it's fair enough that you'd have a potential yeah. like... It's just a weird thing. I guess I should say that there's so many middle-of-the-road Souls-like games that seeing anything that kind of makes you go, wait a minute, is warranted enough to make you stop and be like, I really need to check into this. Yeah, and that did that. The trailer did it for me. It's just, I, I, I was like, that, that trailer, it reminded me of like when I first saw Warframe, and Warframe looked polished, but overly polished. Like, the, oh, it was too yeah. sheeny. Yeah, a little that too That kind smooth. of is what that made me thought or th- uh, think of, but then I was like, that's not it. I don't, I couldn't, I just never could put my finger on it. Yeah, I don't it know. It looks fun, though. I love that idea, though. This is like I said, I, this is the first time since Dark Souls and Bloodborne where I'm like, this is a genuinely unique, well, okay, I don't want to say that because I got to give The Surge a little credit. It's just a bad game. game. Yeah. I haven't played The Surge 2. I will not say bad things about I it. I will not play that game. But The Surge 1 is just really, the only interesting thing about it was them being like, we're going to give it to robots, but you can cut people's body parts off. I think I saw Surge 2 on sale during the sale that's going on right now, the spring sale, for $12. If it's, it's either, $12, it's either, I will pick it up it's right now. It's 12 or 22 It's one of the two because there's another game, vice versa, the price or whatever, yeah. that, that was that price. I would buy the game for $12, no doubt, at all. And um, I hope that it was really good. I mean, I have no ill will towards the surge. I hope that the surge two is a great game, and I've heard a lot uh, better surge, things about it. Surge two is twenty three dollars. Still not sale. bad. I don't think I'll buy it because I just bought two games. So, but it's only seven gigs. That's that really is where we small. are. So check out the game. I really do. And one of the big things too, uh, this is a new developer technically, but all of the developers come from previous big development studios. Yes. So I really think that there's a big chance that this is probably the biggest pool of talent put behind one of these games. Again, can't say anything about the Surge 2. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I know that some people didn't love it, and I'm not going to say it's like the best, but to me, the best Souls-like game I have played – and there are a couple that I don't agree with that are considered the Souls-like thing that I'm not going to count in this. Like, we talked about that with Hyper Light Drifter. You don't consider I that. I don't consider that at all. It's weird because it's such a community thing that they do. And, like, I, I actually agree with Corey that it's more of, like, a Link to the Past kind of game. It's exactly what it feels but, like. But it's so... It, like, if you go to the Dark Souls community and you ask them for Dark Souls-like games, Hyper Light Drifter will be in that list nine times out of ten. I wonder it's why. It's so weird. Maybe because of how it's, vague it's, the story is. Well, it's and, hard, and the story is very vague. And, and it's is, very stylistic. Yeah, the game is challenging, so it's very stylistic and vague. It, it kind of hits the nail on the head vaguely. Yeah. I just wouldn't put it there. Anyway, the closest that we've gotten to one that I just really enjoyed all the way through uh, was Lords of the Fallen. That's yeah. the only one that I've played that I was, and I haven't played Code Vein. I'm not shouting out on it either because I, <laughs> I liked the beta, but I, not I, an, I don't know enough about I it. I did not like that game at all. So with that said, Lords of the Fallen has been the best example so far, and I feel like this is going to take that over because Lords of the Fallen a couple of times was like, it's a little too on the nose. If, if we're going like deep into um, the classification of Dark Souls-like, Darkest Dungeon. Yeah, I haven't played Darkest Dungeon. Oh, That's the one. Good. Isn't Darkest Dungeon like a Souls-like, but it's also a uh, roguelike? Darkest Dungeon is a turn-based um, Lovecraft game, but it's... Uh, oh, I would yes. it, it, it's It's I roguelike in the way that you recruit people, then those people can die permanently. So yeah, I guess so. Three, when you say roguelike... Maybe roguelite. Yeah, well, yeah. I see. When you when you say roguelike, I think of immediately like dungeon crawling, and it, it technically actually is dungeon crawling. So there yeah, are maybe. dungeon crawler roguelikes, I but never... you know, technically it's a roguelike. Uh, is uh, Dead Cells? That's a rogue. That's this kind of fits into that in a way. Yeah. Like you're going through these dungeons to progress the story, of your town, and then you across uh, these events, you're going to end up having people die who who die permanently, mm-hmm. and then you go recruit more people in the town, uh, the hamlet. Um, 
which that's where kind of Lovecraft comes in, Hamlet. Mm-hmm. And that's the same thing Bloodborne did with the fishing Hamlet um, and the DLC. But yeah, it's a great game. Yeah, that's cool. I have to check that out because the idea of doing that through a turn base, depending on how it's done, is one of those things where if it's on Vita, I'll probably eat it up. Do not do it on Vita. Oh, really? Is yeah, it bad? unless they have fixed it. I love this game. I bought it on the Switch, the Vita, and uh, I think it was crossed by with the, the uh, PS4 and the Vita. Um, the text is horrendously small on the Vita. It's it's such an involved game that everything in that game is scaled so down on the Vita that it's really hard to see stuff. This is a genuine question. Do you feel like it was made worse for you because you already have vision problems and you have to wear glasses? Do you think it would be something that someone who doesn't have vision problems would have less of an issue with, but it's still no, like clearly see, an issue? I can see the Vita screen fine. Like it's, I'm holding it. You know, I saw the thing about that. Head. I've never worn glasses. I don't know anything about it. So yeah, I, no, I don't know how glasses make things harder or easier. I know no, that their intention my, is to make my things thing is easier. But. Distance with my astigmatism. I can hold things up to my face and be perfectly okay, fine. Okay, cool. Yeah, it's, it, there is just a lot going on with the interface of that game, and they could have updated it and scaled it and made it a little bit larger or put in the options for you to scale it yourself yeah on switch it's even switch it even has problems not problems but it's it's better but not not what you should it's probably the same scale but because the screen is bigger it works out yeah yeah like if if, i guarantee you if i showed you the the uh you know what probably happened what is that they took the ps4 version and just put it on the vita with no scale to the ui at all that actually and, is a possibility. And you would be surprised at how often that happens. One of the only games that I think the UI na- natively would have scaled down well to if they would have put it on Vita would be Hollow Knight. Uh, Hollow Knight has got really big UI, so yeah. it works out. <laughs> you know, Because I remote played Hollow Knight a couple of times, and it really felt super at home on the Vita. Look at how small that yellow text is in that. Ooh, I'm probably about to turn your phone up. I just did. That's fine. I hate that phone. Well, I guess it's not because, look, that's about the Vita screen. Yeah, but still, there, there's it's still all not great. that, and the, there's there's controller problems too. I think you have to use a touchpad to access inventory, like swipe down. Um, ah. It's it's a weird. There's something wrong with it that's other than this, and I couldn't remember what it was exactly. And the Switch didn't completely fix it, but the Switch made it really bearable. Okay, and that's, that's a cool. good enough game for it to be bearable. Like it's it's enjoyable. It, it's not a big enough hurdle to keep you from playing. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. I put probably thirty to forty hours in Darkest Dungeon on Switch before. Interesting. All right. I can only put like five or six on Vita. Well, here we are with the big moment of the hour. And as. Not a whole lot to discuss with this, really. <laughs> uh, I think there's some. I mean, it definitely merits discussion. But uh, one of the benefits of being late this week is that we get to talk about this on this episode. And I don't it's, know what we would have talked about otherwise. Yeah, no, this is like uh, on the top, on the, off the top of the, the, the news right now. So yesterday. They PlayStation out of nowhere revealed the PlayStation 5's controller, which a lot of people thought was going to be the DualShock 5 because of the clarifications that was put in the specs. Instead, it is still the DS, but it's DualSense. And I'm going to say, first of all, I actually like the name. I, I like the name. I like, I like everything about the controller, honestly, except the color of white. We're in 100% agreement there. Yes. Now, oh, there's other one other small thing. Well, we'll talk it's, about that. Yeah, it's a Go very ahead. small thing. Um, the PlayStation icon button, the home button, is not a button. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's an emblem. Well, I mean, it's, it's still a button. It's weird, though. I I'm actually, so used to like the new home button. I know that sounds weird for some people who probably are like, "What? This is perfectly fine. You can still hit it." I'm in the same boat. I like the size of it. Yeah, but I kind of wish. Okay, this this sounds weird. I don't have any problem with that, right? But the, one of the benefits that Xbox has when, when in doing that choice is that Xbox's logo they choose to use is already round. So if you make yeah. the logo the button, it's already round and it feels like a button, and it's huge. One of the only things I really genuinely like more about the Xbox controller, the Xbox One controller to the DualShock 5, is how big the home button is. DualSense 5. 
Yeah, well, the DualShock <laughs> 4 is what I meant to say. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, um, I I don't hate the idea that it's there, and I like the size. I'm like, it's cool that it's bigger. It, I don't know why. I'm I got, Maybe I need to see it in person. Right now, it's a little odd. Oh, I, I, dude, I love the look of it, how, how it's kind of um, curved in a little bit of a way. The, the hand paddles are a little bit thicker. They're a little bit longer. It looks more comfortable, which is not saying a whole lot because the DualShock 4 is already comfortable enough. Yeah, one of the things I noticed is the angle at which the controller sits when it's flat. That's which the of course I was is, about, yeah. Which, of course, is going to translate into how it sits in your hand. Yeah. It's a lot less steep than the PlayStation. It's almost like, uh, oh, what is it? There's there was something. Is it the um, the 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 what's it called? It's the nunchuck for the Wii, but it's the one that's the small one with just analog stick. It's like that how it how it sits in your hand curved. Oh, I thought that was called the nunchuck. I thought the long thing was called the nunchuck. That's the Wii mote. Oh yeah, you're right then. So yeah, the nunchuck then. Yeah, yeah. Um, that thing was fairly comfortable to hold, even though it was a weird design because it it sits in your hand and it kind of follows the curvature of your hand. I know what I played that I forgot. What? Concrete Genie. Oh, my God. <laughs> I got the Platinum and Concrete 45 Genie. 45 minutes later. <laughs> uh, also, Concrete Genie is amazing. And I don't know if you saw it, but the game randomly becomes like Epic Mickey meets Kingdom Hearts out I of the blue. I did see that. that and is, it's so cool. That does sound kind of cool. Thanks for spoiling that for it's me. It's got one of the coolest things I've ever seen in the game for a trans... I really hope that they get to make something else with this game because the what they introduced from a... Tra- uh, like a traversal aspect is so cool but we'll talk about that if you want later no, i don't know if you'll play the game you're spoiled part of the game for me <laughs> um, i don't get that element of surprise that you got that is true and i feel a little bit bad but it blew <laughs> me so bad it blew me away so much and i was like i have to say something about this because i feel like people may be sleeping on this game because they think it's only what the beginning of the game is and it's totally not oh boy that sounds like another game in a good way in a, in a fantastic way yeah so um anyway where i was going with that the controller um yeah, the way that it, it, what made me think about that is you said the the nunchuck, yeah. which made me think of Epic Mickey because in Epic Mickey you had to like whip the nunchuck around. That was a good game, and I love Epic Mickey. So, yeah. and Concrete Genie makes me think of Epic Mickey in a lot of ways. Uh, also, Disney, you cowards, you absolute cowards! Just because Epic Mickey two did not do that great was also it was a worse game. Remaster Epic Mickey one and bring it to all the consoles. Dude, that'd actually be really fun to play with Joy-Cons on the Switch. Dude. That would be a reason I would dock my Switch, honestly. Oh, my God. In a, in a heartbeat. I, that game is so good. Speaking of which, Joy-Cons will be got brought up here in a minute with haptic feedback. Oh, yeah. We'll talk about that as well. Because uh, I'm really excited that the PlayStation 4 has or the the DualSense. The DualSense 5 has that. That's, only, that's the only problem I have with the name is that years of DualShock Dual is going to be hard considering how close they and are. You know, it's funny. <laughs> Somebody, DualShockers changed their name to DualSensors. <laughs> And somebody in the comments on, on it said, I don't like that name. Somebody said... I guess it's more fitting for Sony. It sounds sexual. <laughs> <laughs> but somebody in the comments said, oh, I can't wait for the DualShock 5. Why'd you change your name? They said DualShocks... Or, I just did it again, Dual, DualSense. And they said, ah, this is what Xbox players feel like. And I'm like, oh, it does. We're constantly saying Xbox names weirdly. That's true. Like the Xbox Series or the Xbox X Series X or something. Yeah, it's yeah. It, that's the only problem I really have with it. Now, from the naming aspect theory. as to what it is, I like. We're, We're still going to get a DualShock 5. Why do you think that? That's my conspiracy theory. It's just going to be a cheaper, more budgeted controller. This is going to be the $70 Pro controller. DualShock 5 is going to be the, the $50. Just so why else. would it not just be the DualShock 4 that's still compatible with the PlayStation 5? Because you're going to get the back button feature that was added in with the attachment that they sold separately. That's why they started making that thing, because it's going to be built into the controller. 
So here's the other thing so that I'm a, glad you brought up. Uh-huh. So one of the, of course, I do want to talk about the controller's design. But the first thing is, from a sheer feature standpoint, here's a couple things we know. We already knew some of these things, right? Haptic feedback. Yes, we knew love that. it, and yeah. I love that, and I and that's part of why I like the name change because honestly, calling it DualShock Five just for historical sake of always doing that, Shock would only really fit not, in with the haptic feedback. But there's other things that since makes sense of. Yeah, well, and, and even then, haptic feedback is so much better and. And what can it portray that I think calling it just a dual shock really undersells what it can do. Uh, USB C and actually sing on yes. the dude, I am so for they that. They did confirm that it does have a three point five millimeter jack. Boy, I saw that as people well. were people were skeptical because mm-hmm. you could see the mic. Mm-hmm. There's a mic built in microphone, which I don't like. Okay, I, I don't <laughs> it mind. Depends it depends on how it works. Well, I don't mind it because what they said is it's for quick, and this is one of the weird situations where I could see it benefiting me every now and then. I don't have a headset in or on or anywhere around me. Yeah. But someone sends me an invite for a party. Oh, I just, and I have ignore, to, I just ignore it. And I just have to wait. No, well, here's the problem. <laughs> you're nicer it, than I am. But it makes me have to dig back into the UI to go and accept the party later if I actually want to talk to No, I just person. ignore it, period. Then like I'll send them a message on PS message on my phone or something like say, hey, I'm, I'm not on my PS4 well, or hey, I'm doing this right now. I understand that. But what I mean is I will be playing a game, but my headset will not be on or around me. I'll be in my chair. And I'm like, I want to talk to them, but I don't already have a headset on. That makes One sense. of the difference between me and you is that you wear your headset far more often when just gaming in general than I do. I, I haven't been doing that a lot lately, actually. Oh, interesting. Weirdly, yeah. So anyway, but on an average, at least, in, with how you've been, it'd be much easier for you to see a thing and go, I do want to talk to that person, except the party invite. For me, I end up having to dig back in the UI, and I don't like that. So what I normally will do is I'll go ahead and accept the invite, but it forces me to get up, Turn, so it, it you, either you forced can, me to do two things. I either have to get up and get my headset, turn it on, wait for it to connect, and then be like, hey, wasn't it wasn't a, uh, avoiding you? Or I have to go into my settings and turn my PlayStation camera mic on so, that I can, so I can just real quick say, hey, let me grab my headset. And if I could just, from the DualShock, while holding it, hit it and go, hey, man, uh, one second, uh, I'm going to grab my headset so I'll have a delay in time. To me... Or if it's a quick conversation, if the person, if I just want to see what they were doing, maybe they just want to be like, hey, uh, just wanted to see, are you going to play Anthem tonight? Or are you going to do this? Then I can be like, oh, yeah, I'm down for that. Or no, nah, I'm not going to do that. I'm doing something else. And then it's the end of a party chat. I don't have to get up and get a headset or turn my mic on from the camera just to relay a very quick piece of information. So I think, and to me, they worded that in the article. They said, you know, it's not going to be ideal for long. To keep a winded. headset handy, I think is their exact Yeah, they said if you are if you plan on playing a long match or doing something that would have require communication, handy. it'd be good to have a headset handy. And I think that's exactly what it's for. Uh, for me, the, the only thing I don't like about it is that this is going to have so many kids who are not going to mute that thing, and you're just going to hear noise constantly in multiplayer games. Mm-hmm. That's and you know what I hope that they're thinking about that and are thinking of ways to combat that. Yes, like I almost want to say that that bush, the button on the bottom should not be a mute, but it should be pushed to talk. So you constantly don't have that. I don't think it. I, I don't think it should be pushed to talk. Then you can go in the settings and turn it to do to toggle or whatever. Fair, because I think keeping it pushed to talk forever would just completely. It, if it you were no actually quickly point. playing game, yeah, it would null the you know usefulness what I, of it. You know what I want the most out of this. Have you ever played a WarioWare game? <laughs> no. I want there to be like a Dreams game or something where I could blow into the mic and it <laughs> blow into the oh. game or something. Tearaway did that, and I actually wondered. Oh, Tearaway if, did do that. I didn't, didn't know it. if they did it on PlayStation 5 or not, but on Vita, you could blow into the, the microphone 5? of the Vita. PS4. God, <laughs> this conversation. It, now, this one is not to do with bad naming convention as much as it is. It's just that you get so used to yeah. talking about one thing. But yeah, the, I don't know if Tearaway unfolded the PS4 release of it did it they any, made some changes because they don't it, have a back touchpad or anything they yeah. had to change the game uh some annie played through that entire game and i don't think i ever once saw her get her headset for it so unless it was so probably took it away yeah 
Um, or found another way to have you blow. So something I like about this, like the Xbox Series X controller has, rubberized textured triggers mm-hmm. is a thing, and I like that idea. Um, I also like what looks closer to... Uh, our controller back here is not as big, obviously, but I like the texture on the back of the controller. If you actually zoom into the picture, it's kind of, it's kind of, it looks more it's like because the Xbox Series X controller has the same texture on it, or yeah. not same texture, but the same you know texture ring of, of sorts. Yeah, I like that. Uh, I think that that's going to be really comfortable. I don't mind what's there now, which is more of a plastic with ridges in it that still give you extra yeah. grip. But this looks like it's going to have a texture. I really hope it is like a slightly, even if it's still plastic, I hope it's got a coating on it that makes it a little softer so that it grips a little more in your hand. I'm in the I don't minority. know if it will happen. I'm in the minority for this. I want it to be heavy. I want it to be at least like two pounds. Ooh. Yeah. I want it two to be pounds a little much. substantial. Like whenever I had that, um, the, uh, what was it? Was it the, I still have the, um, you still have the Astro, Astro one, but I don't think it was the Astro one that had it. I think it was a Nacom that I could take and put weights into. And I think you could actually put weights into it to make it two pounds was the heaviest you could have it. And that was comfortable. That felt substantial. It did not feel like a normal cheap controller, like plastic controller it, or Mad Cats. It felt like a, an actual <laughs> tool. It's to funny you game. bring up Mad Cats because there have been a lot of people as we can uh, we, we, we can finish up with the uh, with essentially the feature set real quick and then we'll talk about the I thing that was it wasn't it? Uh, well there is the uh, resist and I can't remember the actually word that they use but there are resistors in the triggers which again we already knew about so that when you when you go to pull a bow there will be an actuator that goes through and lifts up and presses against you so that as you get further and down it gets it, harder, and harder, harder and harder to pull, to pull and the longer you hold it the harder it is to hold it Do, does the steam controller have that there's a controller I thought on the market that has something like that in it. There might be, but it never. But it's not a mass adoptive control. Yeah, adoptive that's what I'm saying. Never, it never had any success because there was no games used. Uh, yeah, used um, stuff like that. So it could be the Steam controller would be a good uh, <laughs> would be a good contender for that role of a couple of cool ideas, but never. And I might be wrong, but I thought maybe it's a pro controller of some kind. I don't know. Maybe. I mean, you know, the Xbox has got the, the Xbox One controllers, and you don't even really notice it. That's why I don't think it's, it matters. They have vibration motors in the in the uh, rumble, yeah, in the triggers. in the triggers. It's so small. It is. And I've played shooters and racers on it, and it doesn't make a difference to me at all, honestly. It, in the game... I mean, maybe for maybe for a couple of people, it does Ooh, help on me, a, from a competitive standpoint. I don't know why it would. No, in the game though, I noticed it the most. It was Halo. Like in the I thought, I would collection. notice it in Forza. I didn't. I don't think I ever noticed it in Forza either. I, I didn't unless I thought hard on it. To me, it feels the same way that the DualShock Four does when the rumble is just really heavy and you feel it in the trigger because of how much it is in the controller, which is fine. I don't mind that. Yeah. Uh, so. Again, and to me, I think it speaks volumes that PlayStation did not see it fit to add vibration into the triggers, and instead they thought it would make more sense and feel more, which again goes into this dual sense name. Part of the sense is the sense that you're actually Doing driving through actions. mud. Like when yeah. you're driving through mud, it's going to lift against more because you're having to like push down more for to get through that. When you're pulling a bow or you know when you're shooting a gun for too long, maybe it'll get harder as your fingers naturally would get weaker. What is the I la- like that idea. What's the last feature? I thought that was all the features, right? No, that that's it. I, okay, we didn't bring up the one thing we could talk about. I guess is that. It's still a feature, and it's not a new one, but it is a moved one, is that the light bar is no longer on top of the controller. Yep. And instead, it is around the the touchpad which confirms this will not be uh an accessory to be used with the new current v with the current vr it has no it light shouldn't. bar. yeah i mean technically it so has that, a light bar it tells you that vr their vr2 is going to have a better supplemented tracking mm-hmm. system i think that that's true yeah i think that's also, true so please let me dim me, this light dude 
Or change I, the color. Let me change the color. I, I don't mind about any of that. I do. Ho- I think that by nature of it not being one big bar and the fact that it's kind of hidden under it a bevel, might, I think it'll be a lot less bright yeah. anyway. And it won't have to be as bright to give you the same information because it's it's forward facing. You can look, you can look down. Yeah. On the back, it kind of needs to be there so that you can see it even when you're not. You know. And I sit three feet away from my TV, four feet away from my TV, so, so it's like my, my, it's already lit up anyways. But yes. still, there is there's been times where it's just like what uh, until dawn around Halloween with my wife, and it's like I can tell that this this was before. They had dimming in it well and like you said one of the big things is that uh when even if you dim if you use the controller with psvr it brightens it all the way back up because it has to have that so one of the things you talk about is i don't think the brightness will be you know blake was one of the big concerns he was like i don't want that shining in my face because you know when in the back when it's that bright i don't like it but in this case it doesn't really need to be more than a faint glow and I don't, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't mind that at all. If it's a faint glow, unless you're just like in a really, really dark room. Or and something. I know this sounds weird to me. The light bar being around the touchpad, a makes the controller look way cleaner and nicer. And yes, all, and, and it does. I actually think that it's more useful there. You see all the information that it can portray. It's, but it's 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 more. Um, I think that would have a wider range on it too, with how because technically the surface area is bigger. Mm. Um, it, it's in terms of the length. That you don't have, have like a two and a half inch. You have a thing that can actually wrap around this touchpad, which looks massive now, which yeah. is good. Um, yeah, I actually, I some people don't like the touchpad. Uh, most people are okay with it. I think it looks fine. I like, like that it's bigger now. Yeah, I, if anything, I'm <laughs> glad that there's finally uh, that that there's finally enough space uh, for being able to distinguish the buttons because there has been times before like I've just hit a little bit too far to the middle and it registered right instead of left. I'm like, mm. oh crap. Mm-hmm. Um, Which I wonder if they improve that. You know, people, they haven't talked about that. But where I was going with that as we finish up the feature set is that as of right now, if you notice. They did not talk about this. So to me, my conspiracy theory is that there's going to be a PS there's going to be a dual sense pro controller. And the reason I say this, that or there's going to be a new back button attachment that's going to be for the dual shock or the dual sense uh because well, that's why I said dual shock five is gonna have that. The dual sense, that's one of the big things, is that the dual sense does not have that built in right now. So if the dual sense is supposed to be the premium controller, which is what I thought you had mentioned, yeah. and, and so if the dual sense is supposed to be the premium controller, you would think that it would have those back buttons built in automatically, but they did not, and we and we saw everything. So it looks like that is not something that Sony's wanting to do out of the gate. And but to, to their way. credits, Microsoft's not doing it with their base controller either. What do you know PlayStation for? What is PlayStation done for? I mean, stories. Yeah. What is pro in their mind? Back buttons for a shooter or sensible controller so you can sense things better and be more immersed? Mm, fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> and that's probably why I, I'm much more excited. If I'm being honest, I think the idea of putting controller and putting triggers back there is cool if they could. It, I am much more excited about every other thing about this controller than I am Dude, disappointed at the lack of that. Oddly mad that there's not colors on the face buttons okay i I, like that because of the psp and the vita too technically but mm -hmm. the psp this white reminds me of that white vader psp that had the pandora battery in it um and i and my favorite psp iteration was the gray one that came with the jack uh or i mean not jack um daxter yeah um and this is very reminiscent of this nostalgic almost psp buttons so that's where i'm at on it too uh to me it's both nostalgic and and it makes sense to me i think people looking at it's unprecedented i guess it's technically unprecedented on their controllers but this these right here are definitely the dual dude i love the fact that at least from the render and everything we can see it looks like not only are the buttons that as well and they're more of that slick 
uh, glossy. <laughs> yeah, they have that glossy look to them. It looks like the same is true of the, of the uh, directional pad. Yeah. And I love that because one of my favorite things about the Vita and one of my biggest complaints about the Switch. Oh, my God. I hate it so much. Oh, but, there's, like a, there's not even a D-pad on the Switch. Yeah, the Switch Lite at least thankfully has technically it's a d-pad it's it's not a great one from what i've played and felt but it's better bad than the four button things of the the switch but yeah uh, i think that one of the vita's absolute strong points is the directional pad feels amazing i am one of those people though and it looks great i actually like that kind of see-through plastic i will never use a d-pad if i can if i can muster it like if if a game has like uh like castlevania for example you had to use the d-pad in the psp classic version i think there's one version that i played in the past like five years that I had to use a D-pad on and I'm like okay I don't like this but then there's another version where you do analog sticks and I would do all analog sticks even though originally you did play with the D-pad yeah sure uh, I mean don't be wrong I, I do I, that more often than not as well though I always love like okay recent example of why it's good to have a responsive D-pad that knows the direction you're going one of the biggest problems I have with a 360 as well was their blob of a D-pad oh yeah their, their D-pad's uh, terrible um bridge constructor so you have a grid that you can move on and then not only does your grid exist in a pretty big manner that you can do broad sucks if you want to be a little bit more precise you can turn to a grid that's got double the amount and that means you can have more precise control well that would mean when you're trying to do something really precise and get it down to where you want often doing with analog stick would overgo so being able to go over and be like, I'm going to tap down one, two, and get down on the grid two dots was nice. And I like that. And also fighter games. Uh, fighting games are really, I prefer them myself with the directional pads. So See, I, I'm, I'm opposite. If it's a game that's majority says D-pad is the best, I've mastered it in analog sticks. So I don't want to go back to D-pad. I think that's fair. Like platformers, I would play with a D-pad or analog stick. And despite the fact a majority of those people say D-pad's better, I've gotten fantastic enough in a game like Mega Man 11 or something. I've never played Mega Man 11, just an example, where D, where I, I will play better with an analog stick on my first go-around than I will with a D-pad, guaranteed. Yeah, I think that's fair because you use an analog stick primarily. Uh, all right, so one of the things that we can talk about in between, technically a feature in the design is going to be battery life. Uh, Sony actually made mention of wanting to get an improved battery life despite technically adding more features. And I think that that is a... Uh, if nothing else, that is a very light acknowledgement on their part that yeah. the DualShock 4's battery is less than stellar. And there, I've, I've seen people say that HD Rumble will hurt the battery life. If it's anything like the batteries they're using in the Joy-Cons, it actually is not that bad if you have your Joy-Cons detached and you have HD Rumble playing. I've, I've played Thumper on my TV before. Well, and here's the thing about HD Rumble. HD Rumble is not haptic feedback. It's Yes, it is. It is. That's just a buzzword for it. it, it, it I, I, I mean, I'm, I'm with you, but... No, it, it's, it's HD Rumble. The way, the, the specific way that the motor moves against certain moves, that's... It, that's it's, to me, I've always viewed it as something that's in between haptic, because it's like it uses the same idea as haptic, but on an idea that's a little bit more like with traditional rumble and shock, where it's like it, it does that, and then it moves up on this thing to try and give you a... a, a a sense of location within the controller. Does that make sense? I mean, yeah, but at that, that point, I mean, it's pretty, you're, you're, it's I don't think you're wrong. I think it's very similar, but I think that maybe the reason I don't feel like it's as good as haptic feedback is that the way the Joy Cons are made, you're not your hand doesn't fully wrap around them in the same way. I, I, to me, it, I guess I'd say that I feel like HD Rumble, and I don't know why they didn't do this. I feel like HD Rumble should have also been implemented in the uh, Nintendo Switch Pro Controller because I feel like that's a more real use for it. So no, I've never had a Pro Controller. It's only in the Joy Cons. Okay, I, I know. I know they have haptic feedback in the screen on the switch too which is cool 
One hundred percent. Oh, you are talking about for when you're doing touch based yes. stuff? I can uh, see. Even that. though I don't do touch based stuff, yeah, but yeah, I like I, I would say that the, that the Switch controllers, Joy Cons have haptic feedback. <laughs> like it's it's HD rumble. That's just a fancy. Yeah. That's no, a buzz, no, I mean, that's yeah, a Nintendo the, buzzword. Well, either way, uh, I will say. I mean, the the battery life on the Joy Cons is fine considering how small they are, and they're you know separate cell. They are really. They're, it, it's surprisingly good. Uh, so I have faith that this PlayStation will have a better battery. Um, I sure hope. Here's you know some people are worried because they the think too. that the DualShock Four only has a worse battery because of the fact that uh, there's more stuff going on. Yeah. Which don't get me wrong, the light doesn't help, but LED is pretty efficient. Yeah. So the bigger thing is, as I've said many a times across this show, is an actual if you hours. actually go and put a DualShock Three battery inside the PlayStation Four, the DualShock Four controller, it works. It connects without problems, and it lasts almost as long as the PlayStation 3 controller does. So what this was was budget cut to get battery down that they stuck with from a design standpoint because of the way they designed the innards, too. They probably needed more battery room and trying to work out and have something that not only kept costs down for them at an unsure time, like I always talk about with the PS4, uh, it just and then they kept with it. But I think one of the big things here is like they know that if they're going forward and they're trying to do a generational leap, one of the things that's expected is a really good battery life because I don't think there was any reason for people to say that there should have been the option. Um, we'll talk about one of the big Xbox things right now is a lot of people talk about with PlayStation 4 that they really liked that the Xbox One controller does let you have uh, the ability to put batteries in it. I'm a, I'm a fan of that. And, and I don't think that there's any problem with the double, fact that you double can. Double A's just last so much longer. The fact that you can do it, I, yeah. I'm totally cool with. Uh, I think my problem with the Xbox side, as I explained to Blake, is that you're expected to go out and buy if you want the other feature. You're expected to go out and buy. Should come uh, with it, yeah. Like yeah a battery pack. To me, I feel like it should. To me, the best of both worlds, right? Is it should just come with. And I wish that this happened right now. So on my Xbox controller right now, my batteries went dead finally. Yeah. Months, months, months later because I don't play it very often. Um, thankfully, my wife had like seven year old rechargeable batteries that still worked and they still recharge. But for me to recharge them, I have to take them out of the battery, out of the Xbox, put them on the charger overnight, pull them out, and put them back in. Uh, to me. The best way to solve this would be include inside the controller when you buy it rechargeable batteries that fit in that you can still they're double A rechargeables that, that charge and it when you plug the cord into the controller it yeah. passes through and charges those batteries that would be the best of both worlds. I had something like that um, that would definitely unintentionally work that way. You know what else is weird? And I, this is part of the reason why that goes that way. Uh, if, have you you've gotten one of the battery packs for the Xbox controllers, right? Have you ever had one for the three sixty? Yeah. Okay. You always had uh, 360 was weird because they had that proprietary cable. The, 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 the really weird looking like square, rounder, squarish top. top. Yeah. So on this one, on the Xbox One, if you have a, uh, a rechargeable battery, yeah, the recharging port port is on the battery itself. You can't use the controllers. See, that's what it was on the 360. I think is that I had a way to recharge my rechargeable batteries using the console and the controller and a cable, and I can't remember what I, what I did. Um, Either way, that's the that's the ideal situation. But uh, I think that that argument came out so much more because of how bad the DualShock 4's battery. Don't be wrong, I don't think it's as bad as some people say, but it is bad. Yeah. It's not as good as it could be. Um, and I think it's gotten so much worse about the idea of why people who are on the Xbox side for sure can be like, man, those DualShock 4's die so quickly. In genuine truth, they do. In comparison, like, you know, every time I go to play my PlayStation 3, I'm amazed. 
how long, dude? You can play your PlayStation Three for a whole week See, Ryan, on one charge. Ryan said he's never had an issue with this because he every time he turns his PlayStation off, he charges his controller. But like, I don't do technically. That. I do that too, but I have two controllers and I just rotate them, like I mentioned with my little thing. And it'd be worse if it was one of the ones you had to have that stupid thing on the back. To me, I love that it's just oh, one yeah. that you set the controller in and it charges. And, you don't have to add anything else. The controller is one hundred percent unmarked the way it is. You set it in, it clicks in and charges through the headphone port. Another cool thing about this is it uses USB C, so this is going to charge faster, anyways. Yes. Um, um, yeah. So let's wrap it up. Uh, what is your general overall thought on the controller? We didn't talk much on design, but this is a good way to do that. Yeah, we did. So, well, one of the big things the buttons, the you colors. talked about some of it. One of the, the only thing I'll add, I didn't get to say one of the things I, I thought was really interesting. Oh yeah, go for it, Liam over on the Facebook group uh, mentioned that he doesn't understand. One of the things we've seen a lot for people is that it looks like the DualShock 4 and the Xbox One controller fusioned. That's been a big There's literally joke. a gif of that, and it's like, dang, that actually makes sense. It does. Now, a couple of people I've seen saying it doesn't look anything like Xbox. Now, I'm not saying that if you don't think it does at all, then that's fine. But I think to give credence as to why I think it does, while also at least still remaining really PlayStation-looking at the same time, uh, is that the handles of the DualShock 3 for all of them always did this thing of going around it off thing. Yes. Now what's happening is it looks a lot like the and Xbox One controller. stubbier. Where they go down to a point. And they're longer, which is exactly what the Xbox controller does. Yeah. So which, I, I do see why that feels that way. And then, yeah. of course, now that they've gotten rid of the DualShock 4, it's got the round circles that the buttons are in set in. And then the controller kind of forms around that. Yeah. This gets rid of that and makes a slope from the bottom all the way up to the top. Mm-hmm. I, so I get why people think that. And I don't think it's a move in the wrong direction. I think it's still, to me, it looks like it's going to be, I, I want to put it in my hand before I confirm, because right now the DualShock 4 is the most comfortable controller I've ever used. I will say, like, what I'm excited for is this seems like it will feel, it will bring the hand feel of an Xbox controller with the familiarity of the analog sticks and button placement. And I yeah. think that will probably be my best controller they've ever anybody's ever made. One of the things about the picture that's hard to show, and they actually mentioned it in the article a number of times, is that... The controller looks bigger than it actually is, like in pictures. It's hard for them to say, but they said it's not really any bigger than the DualShock Four, outside of being thicker in a couple of areas. It's weird, and that's what I want. I don't, yeah, I, I don't, don't want. I, don't, see I don't want the bigger controller. That's actually the big complaint I have with the Xbox One controller. Not only is it the the analog sticks being gone, I, mean, yeah. I can do it. I just don't prefer it. But I also feel like it's just a tad too big. See, so, I like that. I like. I like. I, I, but I'm one of the pe- weird people that like the do controller. Oh man, that was one of my favorite controllers. <laughs> it just feels like I don't know. It feels it feels substantial. I'll give you that. It feels solid in your hand. Uh, one of the things we didn't touch on too, and this is my really last thing. Okay, is um, and I showed you a picture. Of course, one, yeah. of, one of the things I've loved about this is people mocking up stuff for the this. color schemes and so, the, the cool customization. The two tone. The biggest problem I think we both had with it is the fact that it's white and black. I think honestly, the one I did look really quickly. I did like three minutes the with gray, a slate gray yeah. around, and then with black, I thought that looked really sleek. Honestly, though, if you were if you'd swap color swap the white and the black, it would look better. Also, that yeah, if the well, but then that would make the analog sticks white. Technically. Okay, so you skip that because nobody wants white analog sticks. <laughs> but it would be the least touched part of the controller. So I think making it white would the make... The least touched? Uh, well, the, the other under part. So yeah. taking away that, the rest of it, if, you know, the back side of the controller, it's, it's parts to get touched the least. Yeah. And I feel like the biggest concern with the white, and I know that this is what it is, is that it gets dingy so quick. And it does. Dude, so hard to fight. It's, it's, I've never once had a white peripheral that stayed clean, even though I clean my stuff and I protect it very well. Yeah. Um, it's like, like the PSP, little bit of texture from the, from it 
also, gets in there. Also, there is one thing about this that's really bad um, that it, it kind of haunts me with this PSP, the white Pandora one we had. Um, there, <laughs> the, every now the and then, one? yeah, every now and then the gloss buttons, you get something stuck under there and you just see it. And it's white on the bottom and then it's a clear button so that you see a speck of dust or something, you can't get it out. It's just stuck in there. That happened on one of the buttons and it happened on the edge of it too, where the silver met the white. Some little black thing got stuck up under something and like you could see it underneath the coat of paint or whatever it was. It was not a blemish, but there was something in it. I don't Weird. know. It's like a splinter got into the system. Weird. And it was just like one of those things like this it, oh, it bothers me so bad. So the other thing, of course, is that uh, one of the things that both me and you have agreed on throughout this generation that I think has been PlayStation's weakest standpoint is that their custom consoles and that extends to their custom controllers not even are custom, a lot but just weaker. Varied, like they've yeah. gotten a little bit better. Um, my favorite DualShock Four is the gr- slight gray one that I have. Yes, um, yeah, yeah, good color. But there are so many cooler looking Xbox controllers. Oh, dude, the new one, right? I've, I've mentioned it a ton of times. The new one. Uh, I already liked, which is about a year old, uh, the both the black and the uh, the white Phantom Xbox controllers. Yes, the new Magenta Phantom oh, is yes. beautiful, dude. And it, I love that idea. So w- this the biggest thing about this that I think this design opportunity extends them is not only for their controller color options to be a lot more varied and interesting, but more importantly, I think that now that they don't have to try and make everything fit within a one single piece, since these top pieces look like they're almost separate, they can do a lot more interesting stuff like. Uh, there's a mock-up that you can see online. Uh, somebody put it, uh, Josh Drago put it over in our Facebook if you want to go check it out. Uh, someone did a God of War design on it where you saw the runes coming down from the axe and the little lines that did it on it. What I would love to see is those lines actually etched in to where you can rub your finger across them and feel them. They're yes. etched in there. And I think that these top plates will allow them to do a lot more than just essentially what's a, a sticker. There's also more real estate in a way, too, with how they're going, with how, like how kind of wider it is. Mm-hmm. They could do more. Without I'm, having to wrap the design. Yes. Because that's what gets weird about it. Yeah. Trying to wrap that design makes it really hard to what are you going to put on it. Uh, I mean, you can do still more interesting stuff than they do because, like, the Gears of War controller I have in there, dude, it looks you, really good. If you look at the Gears of War controller versus the God of War PS4 controller, it's like, come on. <laughs> <laughs> one looks like a skin you buy off a Chinese website, it and does. one looks like a, an actual brand, yes. a brand of controller. I don't know what that was. Me either, but we're going to take it and uh, roll with it. So, community's take. My community's take is general. Thoughts on the controller? Yeah, general thoughts on the controller, and if you if there was a custom controller that could be made. What would you, what game would you like to see put on it? Also, do you really do you hope that. that there's a black version at launch and that they change their mind? I, don't, I mean, honestly, I really don't to. care. I, I I really don't. I I I'm buying it either way. So if this is <laughs> me, me too, I, I think that this is going to be the this is the bait and switch. We're going to get a DualShock Five with the console. This we'll is going to be the premium controller. Um, but thank you all. Thank you all for the the patience and the delay. I'm going to get out of here while Brett takes us away to our beautiful patrons. Thank you all. Goodbye, Saul. Go eat your heart out. Yes. I meant that in the nicest, loving way possible. Yes. Thanks to our patrons, Josh Jarrell, Matthew Green. My name is Dan, Luke Bartolomeo, Sean Santarud, uh, Funk Turkey, Danny Villiobos, Corey Hickerson, Blake Post, Eduardo, oh, let's see, Shadowist, Steven Salazar, The Stoner, Travis Below, Eduardo Palomino, Stefan Swanlin, Constantly Kenny, Solitary Red, Brian, Donovan Williams, <clears throat> 
Excuse me, William, Digital Spooker, Derek Porter, Josh Ayers, Brandon Edwards, Sean One, Neo, Tyler Powers, uh, Mr. Christopher as well, who's not on the list, but I'll add him after this. And then also uh, El Tabib, as you may know him in our Discord. Uh, thank you, guys. We appreciate you. We couldn't do the show without you guys' support. And if you would like to support the show, head over to patreon.com slash Thanks.